Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Bonafide Moto Show. I'm your host, Joe Fleming, also known on the Instagram handles as so tall right now. Uh, welcome to episode 29 of the Bonafide Moto Show. Phew, it's been, uh, I don't know how many months this has been going on, I think almost three months um, since we've been doing this and we've had such a wide variety of people who have joined us from all over the world, from the U.S., Spain, uh, Sweden, you name it, uh, we've had people. Um, tonight's guest is Ian Thompson. He is originally from the U.S., like me, and um, but he now calls home Cape Town. He actually was introduced to me by a mutual friend last week. Um, she tagged me on Facebook. I was like, Joe, I think this guy might be kind of your vibe. He was doing a motorcycle trip around South Africa to um, do some um, delivery of data and going to local communities. And he had quite a, like a 6,000K trip. And I thought it was rather interesting. And it was like, I think we need to get this guy on the show. So he's got an epic mustache. I'm really excited to hear his story, not only of what he's up to for this trip, but know why he's here in South Africa. Um, seems like a really cool guy. Um, as you all know, every episode on the Bonafide Moto Show is powered by Motul. So Motul and us, you can see my cap right there. Um, they have a full range of what they call the maintenance and care range, also known as the MC Care range. And every episode, I introduce one product that they've got. And tonight's product is the perfect seat, because everyone needs a perfect seat. So what's great about this, <clears throat> washing your bike, spray it on your seat, use a cloth, and it helps keep it nice and shiny and clean, but not slick. So you're not going to slide off of your seat. So MC Care Range, perfect seat. Go get it. Like I said last week, it's going to be on our website. Hopefully our website goes live this week. It's been a ball ache trying to sort everything out, but we're getting there. Um, as you all know, or may not know, um, every episode is recorded for Apple Podcast, so you can go back and look through all of our previous episodes to, um, you can go on now. Ian's episode will be on there tomorrow. And um, yeah, without further ado, <clears throat> I think it's time to connect to Ian. He is currently in Bloemfontein, where the women drive trucks and the men hunt or something. He just posted an Instagram. <clears throat> had me laughing quite hard about his stereotype of Bloom, because um, I feel the same way. You know, they wear the khakis. Ian! <clears throat> the perfect seat. What? You said you wanted the perfect seat. You know, I, I thought I'd, I'd introduce my perfect seat. You know, <laughs> there you go. Get get the you perfect could, seat. Go Mosul. You know, you know, you could probably put this on your pants, Ian. You know, good. Yeah, it'd make I, it even better. It'd make it even better. <laughs> I think you'd be good. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for having me, Joe. Appreciate dude, it. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm like, oh. like I said, it's. Um, it was really strange that Leanne, so um, my, my wife and I's friend Leanne, I think my wife and Leanne used to work together years ago at a company called Dark Dog. 
um, and I've met Leanne a few times. She's a great person and she tagged me on a post of Ian's and um, I was like, okay, cool. Let me look into this guy. And, um, you know, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Yeah, well, thanks yeah. so much, man. And thanks for reaching out and, 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 and thanks for giving some airtime to what we're doing. I think it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's worthy, you know? So I think it's cool yeah. that folks are, and, and I, and part of the idea when we started the trip was actually trying to engage the motorcycle community, right? Um, and, and so uh, it looks like it's worked, you know? So thanks Good. for, thanks for answering the call. <laughs> yeah, we tapped, we tapped into it. Um, yeah. And you know, yeah. like, what's great is that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're just starting the journey. Maybe the Apple podcast will help you can share it. And tonight you can tell a little bit about um, the story and like what you're trying to achieve on the trip, why you're doing it and, kind of how this whole thing started, um, yeah. which would be really nice to hear. Because, I mean, the other day when you and I were on the phone, I didn't ask you too many questions because I'd rather um, save it for tonight's show. And before we get into that, tell me about your stereotype of Bloemfontein. Oh, man, I, I, just did a, I just did a little kind of intro to, to, to today, like just to kind of remind people that I was coming on. It is the Texas of... South Africa, right? Like where the, the women drive trucks and the men shoot guns and, and make sausage is what I said on the thing. And it's true, man. Like, it's awesome. Uh, like the, the similarities are awesome. I mean, it's also a pretty awesome looking place, but um, yeah. my first time here, it's cool. Okay. My, my, my first experience in Bloemfontein. So for, for those not in South Africa who may listen or watch this podcast, Bloemfontein is like, like he had said, it's like the Texas of South Africa. It's in the middle of the country um, and my first trip there, I remember stopping at an engine and like all the dudes rolled up in trucks, their Toyota Land Cruiser buckies, and yeah. um, they had on their khaki shorts and their like um, khaki top. And like, to me, they looked like lion hunters. So, um, you know. They, they, there, there is, there was definitely some khaki shorts around. Uh, I, 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 I went into the. Uh, um, they're trying to give me some lighting here. You see that? That's very <laughs> nice of them. <laughs> Luckily, I won't look at your screen. Otherwise, I may get motion sickness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is vibrating, isn't it? Yeah, we should probably kill it because it's giving, it's giving some, some, no, it's some, it, some vibration. It's actually giving your face a little bit of light, so it's fun. If no. I just pose like this. There we go. Oh, you can go. see the mustache that you like so much. <laughs> yeah, you've got so okay, before we get into what you're doing on this trip now, let's chat about um, how did how did you find yourself here in South Africa? Because you're from the States. And if yeah. I also read, read correctly, you're also prior military as well. I am. Yeah. So um, I'm also Colombian, right? So my mom's Colombian, my dad's American. Um, and, and I grew up all over the place. Um, I was born in Cyprus, uh, five years there, 10 years in Saudi Arabia, and went to boarding school in, in, in the States. Um, but, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, in high school, coming out of high school, I, I joined the military. Um, there was a little bit of me trying to figure out like who I was, you know, and, and I thought, I figured if I, if I became a Marine, I would definitely be American, right? So that kind of, that, that solidified my Americanness for myself. Yeah, in the States, yeah. I was, yeah, there you go, there you have it, yeah. <laughs> well, so in, in the States, I was Colombian, right? In, in Colombia, I was American. Uh, and then the rest of the world, I didn't know where I was, right? So um, 
and I actually, yeah, I really loved the Marine Corps. Um, it was a, it was a good, experience, great experience. And what, um, what year was this that you signed up? Um, I signed up coming out of high school. Um, I enlisted in the Navy actually, and I got picked up for the ROTC program. Went to Boston University in the ROTC kind of scholarship. Um, graduated and was commissioned in two thousand and one, um, but I was commissioned in the Marine Corps. Yeah, and okay. yeah, so that was. Uh, Quite a few years ago now. Um, yeah, you're, it was, uh, sounds like you were a few years ahead of me. I was in college in 2001, and okay. then I signed up for the military 2002, 2003. Got it. Um, what did you do? In the, what did you do? Where, where were you? What was your? Uh, I should have done this board. research before. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, don't worry. You don't have to ask me questions. <laughs> um, but I was in the Army Infantry. Um, Got it. Actually, same type thing as as you is that I. I uh, I wanted discipline. I wanted some type of leadership. I wanted someone or something to fucking get me in the shape and and kind of yeah. straighten me up. And yeah, um, yeah. and then I so went I think to we, war. So. Yeah, I think we all did. Um, if you're around that time, you know, you, you kind of didn't, you, you couldn't get a, get away from it. I think it's interesting. I I turned forty last year. And I did a, a mountain. I slept on uh, I slept on the mountain in Cape Town and uh, on Cape Table Mountain. I woke up on my 40th birthday and I was like, "What? What? Like, what changes now?" And I think with the reality, and it kind of ties into the too much Wi-Fi story. The reality was, like, at 40, I was kind of done joining organizations. Right? I kind of wanted to build an organization at this point and oh. kind of take the little the little elements of of the Marine Corps, of, of, of my family even, right? Of, um, and, and kind of weave them together and kind of take the things that I really, really loved. And, and really there were some parts about the Marine Corps that I didn't like at all um, that, that, that aren't part of too much Wi-Fi. And there's some things that I loved about the Marine Corps that, that frankly have no place in too much Wi-Fi, right? Um, so yeah. it's, uh, it's fun. And then there's also this whole issue of like you're building a family, right? You got your own kids and you got to somehow instill some of the things you liked about you know, the Marine Corps into your kids or, you know, the other organizations that you've been a part of, but I'm kind of done being a joiner at this point. You know, and I, I, I think I joined organizations to kind of, I don't think prove self-worth. Maybe there was obviously a little bit of that, you know, as you're growing up, you try to mm -hmm. figure out who you are, but, but I think so, now it's like, how do I build a, on that? To like add it as a line item on your resume. I remember, I remember that um, like when I was in high school and maybe colleges, is that, you know, to build your resume, people would say you needed to join all these clubs. You know, you need to be a member of, I mean, I can't even remember the names of them, but it was like, you need to join and be a part of all these different things. And I think at the time when we were that age, maybe it was good for us. And kind of like you said, like you take these little pieces of this organization and, and uh, the Marine Corps and this job, and now it's Ian, you know, like, you yeah. don't need to keep joining more things. I don't. I don't. It's just funny. When I left the Marine Corps, I tried to grow my hair out, and there was none to be grown. So, um, <laughs> Amen, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good Amen. look, man. That's a good look. You know? I mean, I actually, I just trimmed for you. Right? You said something about my mustache, and I was like, I got to show the difference between this and this. So, I'll, uh, I'll do a quick, I'll do a uh, quick buzz. <laughs> and you said, are you, um, you, you're in bloom. How long are you going to be in Johannesburg? Are you coming through? Uh, yeah, I'm coming through tomorrow. I mean, quite literally, I've not planned anything physical okay. for this entire trip, right? I'm I'm really allowing it to go where it goes. I mean, I, I mean, this morning you were you and I were talking about maybe you know linking up today and maybe going for a rock climb tomorrow morning in in Johannesburg, and 
And when you said you couldn't meet up tonight, I was like, all right, cool. Then I'll just stay here. And, and I actually had two great meetings here. And, and tomorrow I'll be doing some more meetings here. And then I'm going to see somebody in Kronstadt uh, tomorrow on the way after Johannesburg. So, okay. yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it's nice traveling alone because you can really do whatever the heck you want. You know? And you don't feel like anxious. Yeah. And do you have a time, uh, a date that you have to be back home? Uh, well, I, I have allotted three weeks for the trip. Um, and I and also allotted going through Johannesburg on the way up to Limpopo and Pumalanga and then on the way back uh, through Johannesburg um, because uh, for, for a lot of reasons, I mean, obviously the center of finance for the country and then also um, the center of talent, I think, uh, for the country. You know, I mean, South Africa has incredible talent that, that ends <laughs> up flo flocking to, to Johannesburg to pursue, you know, um, their careers and, and, and not that Cape Town doesn't have it as well, but not to the same extent as, as Johannesburg, you know, and, and we're in the midst of a, a fundraise that uh, I'm, I'm confident that we'll get and that will support, you know, hiring excellent, you know, leadership that, that I think has probably been trained in Johannesburg more than Cape Town with all the love I have for Cape Town. Um, you know, they call it slap stop for a reason, right? So I want to, I want to get some Joburg in there. <clears throat> like you're a West Coast, uh, you're a West Coast guy, right? You lived in San Francisco, right? Yeah, right before I came uh, here. I lived in San Diego, and like San Diego's got an edge. There's definitely, I mean, there's definitely uh, corporate jobs there for sure. But you're still in San Diego. You're still near the beach. People are still chilled. To me, Cape Town is that vibe, and you've got Johannesburg, which is the pumping city. Um, people here hustle. That I mean, that's, it's that's, it's, that's true. it's true. It's true. I I was very frustrated when I first got to Cape Town, right? And 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 you know, I think I was coming out of a need a need for some decompression, right? Uh, you asked how I came to Cape Town. Right? I came to Cape Town for a three month sabbatical with my wife. We were going to have our second child here, and we were going to go back okay. to San Francisco. Um, my brother has an incredible business in Angola. My wife and I are a little invested in it. I was like, cool, I'll come closer to that. I'll figure out. And I was, was, was kind of figuring out what I was going to do next. And, and Cape Town seemed like a good place to at least call home for a few months. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I failed at making it a three-month trip. <laughs> it's been five years. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, and so you guys, so you, so did you guys just kind of come here with bags, and then what? How did you kind of end up coming here full time? It's, there's a, there's a motorcycle story in there actually. Um, so I uh, I came. Um, the real reason I decided to come out here was I didn't want to have the baby in Germany. Uh, I didn't want Jalen to have the baby in Germany because I didn't want to get stuck there with her parents in a small, not a small town, but a town that I didn't feel like I wanted to live in, Bremen. Uh, and so we were looking around Europe to find the great places. And I kind of wanted to be a little bit closer to Angola because there was some, some, some business stuff that we were looking at together with my brother. And, and so I was like, well, how about Cape Town? She's like, I've never been to Cape Town. I'm not sure I want to have a baby in Africa, right? Like I want to have a baby in Germany or in the United States. And I was like, well, Cape Town, like, it's pretty awesome. You like, you should check it out. And so I have to admit that I, I said, let's just go to Cape Town for a week and we'll check it out. And then if you don't like it, we can come back. And if you like it, you can have the baby there. And, and so we did. Uh, and she stayed. And so it's Cape Town. 
is is super attractive uh, for active people, right? And I think yeah. my wife and I are very active and uh, quite literally, you know, Jalen had the baby and she climbed the table mountain the next, I think three or four days later with, with Timo in her, in her little, little sack wow. in front, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, at that point I had Kai on my back going up. Like it was like this, it was a perfect place for us to, to decompress, to think. Um, Jalen was working remotely then. Um, and, and I realized, Um, and, and I realized when I was here that there was a pretty awesome opportunity. I mean, so many opportunities, right? I really felt like once I was here, I was like flabbergasted at how much one could do and, and use South Africa in an incredible lifestyle that you could have living here. Right? I mean, like hipster bars and like great food and incredible farms to go visit and incredible surfing and kite surfing and all these things that, you know, Jalen and I love, 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 love. Um, and you can actually build a business of any sort that is applicable to the rest of Africa. Right. And you don't have to jump on a plane to go to Botswana to check it out. You can recognize that there are low income people that live in Cape town that you can try to service and figure out how to do that. Well, right there in Cape Town and, and, and try to apply it, you know, to the rest of the continent, really. And that's actually the trip right now. It's, you know, we've, too much Wi-Fi is, 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 has been remarkably successful. And thanks 100% to our incredible staff members that live in each of the communities that we support uh, with internet. And it, just because it works in Cape Town doesn't mean it's going to work in Bloemfontein, right? Um, and, and it certainly doesn't mean it's going to work in a tiny Dorpi. Uh, Dorpi is like a tiny town in, in the middle of the Karoo, right? So I went to some tiny Dorpies in the middle of, you know, the Cedarburg and the Karoo. And I was like, how do you get internet? You know, what's, what's your, what's your plan? And, uh, and how and, do they get internet? So um, a lot of South Africa still uses point to point Wi-Fi, um, And so what that means is you bring internet, you know, uh, physical internet to a, a point and you, you directionally kind of beam it uh, using either licensed spectrum or unlicensed spectrum and effectively like a really tight beam. Um, and, uh, you know, micro, uh, those, those radio waves move at the speed of light. And so it's, it's really no different. And, and, and you can cover vast, um, you know, vast distances with that. Um, in fact, uh, if you look on, on the too much Wi-Fi Instagram page, you can see an incredible interview. I did quick interview with a, a blind a network engineer that has clients 250 meters away, 250 kilometers away that he has, you know, basically put, strung together farm across farm with these antennas that do these point to point links, you know? And oh, wow. uh, yeah, it's actually really cool. And, and what's cool <clears> in that video is you can see how he engages with his network without a screen, you know, it's, it's all audio. And um, yeah. So I don't know where we took the, and is this pretty much it. done like, so with these point to point, 
is this done through like towers um yeah. like a like a um like a big tower or is it through like a little satellite dish you yeah. kind of like beam a signal either, out? either way you know i think um we we try to we try to keep as much revenue as possible in the communities themselves and so we try not to use huge towers we try to go to you know the landlords that have tall buildings there and, and you create a small tower as opposed to a, a 15 meter tower if you excuse me on a relatively tall building you can use a five meter tower or a three meter tower and and you get the same net impact uh for for the community that you're supporting um yeah but it's 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 been a it's been fun and 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 uh you know i was actually talking with philip the guy whose house i'm staying at right now about the incredible opportunities there are in in south africa and i think there's there's a lot of negative right now you know mm -hmm. uh people are crying obviously because of covid and and just you know the rest of the world <laughs> isn't much better you know i think uh, yeah. for, for a lot of south africans they have to realize that there's plenty of opportunities here and, and uh and i'm excited to be here you know i wouldn't imagine yeah. i can't imagine building this kind of a business or any business right now outside of a place as rich as south africa you know, culturally yeah. rich yeah it is i mean and that's why like i people always ask me being american like what are you still doing here and i was like i'm not i'm not done <laughs> yeah. i'm not done here and yeah I, I love this place everywhere everywhere has its unique challenges i mean you look at the states they're kind of having their own little problems and i'm i'm very grateful to be here in south africa like this is this is my home and, and it's funny when i travel like i was in india earlier this year and when i travel people say where are you from i say i'm from south africa like i don't say the states um yeah and it's it, you know it's it's a weird it's a weird concept even on fourth of july like i don't know if i'm i'm embarrassed or i don't know what it is but i'm i'm very proud to be here and yeah. <clears throat> although i spent a almost 30 years in the States. Um, you know, I've been here now seven years exploring this country, getting to know it. And so it, it, it is still new to me. Um, meanwhile, like I've had a lot of friends who, who have left, they've immigrated, but they've been here in South Africa their whole life. So they might need something a bit more. They, they want to look for other opportunity. And, and for me here, like there's still that opportunity. But how many are coming back? You know, I, I hear a lot of folks that are like, I'm, I'm, I actually miss South Africa. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to muck a blonde and, and see about coming back, you know. Um, the grass is always greener, right? And I do think that That's there, is, the same. <laughs> there is an incredible, uh, unfortunate inferiority complex that I hear a lot where people are like, oh, did you get that overseas? I'm like, no, man, like a dude down the street built it, you know? Oh, wow, yeah. that's cool, you know? And um, so I'm, 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 I'm very pro- I feel maybe it takes outsiders to remind folks here how special this place is, you know? And I think similarly in the United States, like it takes recent immigrants to say, yes, this place is amazing. Like you can That's do all nice. these things, you know? Um, and, and I actually love the United States for a lot of reasons. I mean, I think yeah. that's great. Um, it's got its pimples, you know, like every country. But um, uh, I think for, for me, the opportunities that I wanted to pursue were more available here in South Africa. Mm. Um, and um, and your <clears throat> excuse me your your background into motorcycling. Tell me how far that goes back. Yeah, a long time. Um, 
I had a I had a father and a mother that weren't pretty keen all that keen on on having motorcyclist sons, right? Like probably yeah. many motorcyclists out there. Um, so it was I guess it was relatively late. Um, what was your first motorcycle? My first. It was mm -hmm. a 1983 Harley Sportster. And how old were you? Uh, Is it army my, years? Uh, was my first job. I was 24. 20, okay. 24, maybe, yeah, 24. I was living in New York. Uh -huh. um, my buddy and I, he was, we were both hired through um, this company called Northrop Grumman. They're a big defense yeah, contractor. And um, we were hired through a veteran program. And uh, my job was a data analyst. So for anyone who knows me, at one point on my resume, I was a data analyst. How about that? And um, <laughs> so um, I worked there. It, it was a job. It was a way for me to get into the company. And then I had other plans. So I mm -hmm. got in. Um, the guy that was down the hall from me, his name was John. He was a big like motorcycle guy, about the same age. He had been in Afghanistan. And we became really good friends. And um, we got to talking about motorcycles. And he had a couple. And he had built a couple. And I was like, oh, man, like I'd love to have a motorcycle. I've always wanted one. And so he finally put this little idea in my head that we could buy an old Harley Sportster that wouldn't fit me now. But in a few months, we could buy a new frame. And then we could build a chopper. And I was like, bro, and he, he got to know me very well, because I think in pictures. So one day he drew me a picture of like, taking this bike, taking all this stuff off and building a chopper. And, and so I, I bought this bike, I rode it for like a week. And then someone took a photo of me on the bike. And I looked you like look ridiculous. Idiot. <laughs> so I was like, John, it's time to order that frame right now. And um, he said, you know, like, we'll, we'll get the chopper built in like a week. No problem. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, how many weeks? <laughs> uh, man, it was like eight months. Man, it was ridiculous. Well, but so I he... think the similarity right there is that's a really stupid first motorcycle. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> you just and, need to ride. You don't need yeah. to build, just ride. And and so I, I, I did a similarly stupid first motorcycle. Um, I bought a, a 1200cc motorcycle as my first motorcycle. And I was, I guess, 21 or 22. And, um, and I'd already been a mountain biker. And I was a decent mountain biker. And like, you know, it was, like, you know, it was just the same thing. So it has a motor in it, right? And I don't understand realistically how I didn't kill myself, you know? Um, uh, and I'm thankful, obviously, <laughs> that I didn't. But I had any luck breaks, you know, so it was a step in yeah. the right direction. Um, yeah, so for me, it started in 21, uh, 22. And um, I bought this uh, old school, not old school, it's, it's actually pretty cool that that that, uh, that cruiser, that BMW cruiser, uh, it was a yellow BMW cruiser that was on the, one of the James Bond movies. And okay. I must have fashioned myself quite the, you know, wannabe James Bond, I suppose. And, <laughs> And uh, it was totally an inappropriate bike for what I really loved doing, but it was, it was, it, it, it fit the bill, you know? And uh, yeah, so that's where it started. And, and I very quickly, I realized that I wanted to go off road more. You know, I actually, I didn't, I kind of wanted to go off road more. I didn't, I kind of just wanted to ride the bike, you know, wherever it ended up. And, and so it's been a, it's been a, I don't know, probably an eight year kind of love affair, no more. I 
nine or nine year love affair with with those G, the GS range, you know. So I've had okay. four, three or four GSs. Yeah. And what um what what um what made you stay with BM all these years? You know, I've been thinking. You know, because I'm on my bike a lot these days, and there's a lot of headspace, a lot of helmet time. I've been thinking a lot about brands, and, and it's it's relevant to too much Wi-Fi because I think, you know, at the end of the day, you don't care. Like a gig of data is a gig of data delivered at a certain speed at a location. You don't really think about who your internet service provider is. You don't have a particular loyalty to AT&T, MTN, Vodacom, whoever your your service provider is. Sure. And yet, if your brand starts to mean something, right, it has some sort of value to it, um, you know, that's accretive, right? Um, but you have to build it. And I think that for me, that's been built in, in a lot of brands, right? Like somebody gave me a hard time the other day. They're like, everything you wear is either, you know, Patagonia or too much Wi-Fi or like BMW. Like, how do you, why is that? You know, and I'm like, well, I guess... Because those those brands really represent quality, you know, and they represent like like toughness and and I I don't know so much about obviously BMW, but but certainly Patagonia gives back to the community and, and, and yeah. like the, the, the global community yeah. super, you know, and 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 those are you know as you think about like a, the previous point, like what are the things you want to kind of bring into your organizations you try to build? Um, all both of those things actually, Patagonia's like you know, social commitments. And and really, you know, BMW's sturdiness, you know, and and uh, you know, for those that are listening to this that only know BMW as, as as cars, I think the BMW car brand is fundamentally different from the BMW motorcycle brand, right? Um, I'd so, buy a GS before I buy a BMW car. Anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd buy almost any motor uh, GS, uh, BMW motorcycle. I think they're all yeah. pretty awesome. Like those RTs, like I'm a little yeah. overweight to be a hipster, but you know, I mean. That's the bike, you know. Right Dude, I, I've I've ridden them a couple of times and taken them. They're on fun. Trips. They're fun. Um, they're and fun. They're trying, for like you week. must be. But well, hold on, hold on, hold on. At two meters tall, they can't be very much fun. Like right. five foot ten, they're great, you know. But uh, for you, they must feel a little bit uh, yeah. skittish. I had a I had a trip to New York. Um, I think it was like three or four years ago. And at the time, we were we were kind of doing some work with BMW locally here in South Africa. Oh, really? And I was spending about two weeks in New York, and I reached out to them and I said, "Hey, like, I kind of need some wheels. You know, think we could maybe do something." And I said, "What about like two weeks on an R90?" Um, because it was at the time when the R90 had just come out, and they said, "Cool." So I literally flew into the states. I think the next day I. Um, I don't know if I left the airport, but I, I went to, um, it was in New Jersey. There's a BMW plant there. And I picked up the R9T. And I had that bike for about two weeks and just kind of messed around with it, shot some photography, did some like videos and really got to know the bike. And I mean, to be honest, I really loved the bike. And I still to this day, I call it the gimbal because sure. that thing just, it goes all over the place and you can really, I mean, you can yank that thing all the you way totally over. totally can. So For, you've been to Cape Town. Uh, yeah. I, I take, right. And do you know the, the Glen, which is this little ride, not a little ride, it's a little road that goes from the top of Cape Town into Camps Bay and into Clifton, which is just down the back between, in the saddle between uh, Lion's Head and, and, yes. and Table Mountain. And there's this yeah. little windy road. Yeah. Um, and so I borrowed the R9T from them. 
from the uh, from the dealership there, the Dunford dealership there. Yeah. Man, that thing's amazing. And it's and and having older GSs like that don't have the same torque as these new yeah. Boxer engines, it's like whoa! I, I, I kind of scared myself a couple of times on them. Um, but um, but yeah, it's uh, so I'm actually thinking about getting another G. Actually, for those of you in South Africa that are listening and you have a you know 1150 GSA that you want to part with, let me come by and look at it because I'm, I'm in the market for a second. I want to keep one in Johannesburg, actually, so oh, that cool. I, can, I can fly up and then I'll have that one up there. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, and but I but I want to chop that one a little bit. Uh, I want to make it a little bit cafe racerish and and not. I, I want the suspension and the whole thing, but I kind of want to make it a little bit lighter, a little kind of retroy, you know. Yeah. And um, um, yeah, the the R ninety like it's um, as it's, uh, see, I, I hear that you would stick with the GS. Like the R ninety is fun for a weekend for for big guys like us. Um, yeah, man, I'm gonna stick with I'm, it for a weekend. I'm, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm 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 fighting it, but I'm I'm like two hundred and two hundred pounds, you know. And yeah, I, I if I hit a if I hit a bump in the R ninety. Yeah, I, I kind of want to be in the GS. <laughs> I need yeah. the absorption. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the one of the other things that I'm always interested in is um, is people's connections. So I mentioned that you and I were connected through Leanne, and then when I when I sent you a friend request on Facebook, I saw we had one other person who had a mutual connection, which is Desmond Lowe. Now I have never met Des. Mm. Um, I've none of I've seen Des's work, photography work for years. For those that don't know, he's a very good, great commercial photographer in Cape Town. He specializes in like Porsche photos, all kinds of stuff. Um, so when you and I were speaking, um, I asked you for some photos of like riding. Like, do you have any? Because that's what we like to share to mm. kind of lead up for an event. And you said. Yeah, I've got a buddy who takes some great photos. And I was like, is his name Des by chance? Because if he's got photos of you, I'm keen. So, do, you know, do, do you know where Des is from? No. He's from Bloemfontein. And you know who Des <laughs> used to skateboard and mountain bike with? The guy <laughs> whose house I'm at right now. <laughs> well, what's so, up now? That's amazing. So, it is amazing, yeah. And so we uh, here. Why don't you put this in your ears so you can hear what the heck we're talking about? Um, and so <laughs> we, um, yeah. So Philip and I actually just just met today, and uh, when okay. you said you couldn't hang out, literally, I think you and I WhatsApp said you couldn't hang out. And yeah. Philip walked in for a cup of coffee, and he's like, "What are you doing later today?" I'm like, "I I, I want to go to these two." Township communities, and he's like, sure. "Well, shoot, let's go together." You know, and so yeah. next thing you know, we're spending the day, and and I'm, I'm here to help. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, wow. we're, we're we're trying to stay socially distant, actually. So I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> pretend that we're not. This is as close as we've been. I want to be clear about that. I'm, I'm taking it actually really <laughs> no, seriously. No, I'm actually taking it super seriously because because yeah. I am traveling the country, right? And I sure. am meeting a lot of people, and um. And I, I would hate to be kind of a vector, you know. But yeah, so that connection is amazing, and the connections are remarkable. You know, what's I do find that South Africans are this funny mix of super loose with introductions and making connections that they like you do this that and then all of a sudden you have like this like huge laundry list of friends and great relationships. But the flip side is the minute you go into business, 
there is this remarkable gatekeeping capacity in South Africa's business climate that I think is so detrimental to, to business. And I found this in the kind of the, the fundraising effort. Um, whereas coming from San Francisco, right, the Valley example is like, dude, yeah, I'll, I'll happily introduce you. And, you know, obviously you do the double check. Hey, you know, Johnny wants to meet you. You know, would you take a coffee? And the people are very liberal about trying to make connections for business over there. Here it's the opposite, I found, you know. Um, uh, but, but yeah, the warmth of South Africans is amazing uh, when it comes to introductions. I mean, look at Leanne and yeah. you and me, you know. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so and so how, how, did you, how did you meet Des? Uh, so in that first three weeks, um, the first like the three months I was supposed to be here, um, when I arrived, I quite literally went on Gumtree and I bought a 2009 GSA. And my wife was like, what the heck are you doing? She's like, don't worry. I'll sell the one in San Francisco because I want a newer version than the one in San Francisco. So I sold yeah. the one in San Francisco. I bought this one. And, uh, and Des and I were introduced on a... Um, at 5.30 in the morning during a mountain bike ride. And, um, and Des and I were riding together and we were chatting and he, he, I had just bought the bike and, and uh, I was borrowing somebody's bicycle that day and he rides a BMW as well. He's like, oh, we should go for a ride sometime. And yeah, and we ride a lot. You know? so awesome. he's, uh, he's, yeah, it's been a, he's been a great friendship. Um, and I see he's got a, um, I just found this the other day that he's got an amazing cabin up in the Cedarburg. You got to check that thing out. Yeah, the Mount, uh, it's at Mountain Bain or Mount Bain cabin. It's amazing. Yeah. It's gorgeous. So it's, for anyone uh, watching, um, if you don't follow Des, follow Desmond Lowe, L O U W. And then he's got another page. Um, I think it's actually linked in his profile to the Mount Bain cabin. Yes. And that is a beautiful cabin. It sure. really is rad. Um, it is gorgeous. I mean, everything about that dude's kind of aesthetic is amazing. Yeah, like uh, he's a tinker too. Like he makes all sorts of different things. And, okay. and he's a leather worker, and yeah, he's the bomb. Um, okay. But uh, Shane, you, you know, he was supposed to be on this trip. Uh, he and I no. were going to take this trip together, um, and I was like, dude, like come, like we'll take photographs together, we'll hang out, sure. and it'll be awesome. And then he 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 couldn't make it. Um, he got a couple jobs with the Zuzu actually, which is um, his bread and butter, obviously. So he's like, dude, like, I, I can't, uh, which is a bummer because it would have been fun to be with him. But on the other hand, like I can now do whatever the heck I want. As, as chill as Dez is and how as much fun as I have traveling with him, like anybody would get annoyed with my ADD, you know, about like, cool, I'll stay here. I'll go there, you know, I mean, uh, so yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of picked that up because this morning when I said I was going rock climbing, you're like, hey, I'm keen. I'll go with you. I've got some <laughs> shoes, kind of, but I was like, really? This sounds like some shit I would do as well. Like, you're traveling and someone just throws out an idea. And sometimes that's the beauty of traveling on your own, especially on a motorcycle trip. Someone says something like, cool, I can do that. Why always not? say yes. Yeah. Always say yes. Unless there's a strong reason to say no, always say yes. <laughs> you yeah. know, because cause you never know what you're going to find, you know? And, uh, and I, like, I can imagine rock climbing with you must be like my son rock climbing with me. Like the handholds that you must be able to reach, right? Compared to the yeah. ones that little old me can reach must be ridiculous. Yeah, it's, um, look, I, as, as a kid, I always 
uh, always climbed stuff. And uh, being a teenager, I, I always wanted to rock climb. It was something that I was, it, um, it really intrigued me. And then a few years ago, I was away in um, December in Hogsback and I randomly, uh, I was camping at this place. This guy walked up to uh, my hammock where I was and I was like, hey man, we've met like a few weeks ago. He was from Joburg, asked what he was doing. He was on a rock climbing trip. I was there solo and I said, look, um, I'm here with my dog. I'm a photographer, like, would you guys be keen if I come and come climb with you guys and just shoot some photos and have fun? And um, they said, sure, no problem. I said, we're, we're leaving at 5 a.m. in the morning. And I was like, no problem, bro, <laughs> like, I'll be up, you know? So that was my first experience at rock climbing. And, and I even went up that day, they put a harness on me. I was in my Solomons, my trail shoes, and um, I was hooked. And mm. I think it's been, about a year and a half, I'd, I'd say, a year and a half, something like oh, that. Wow. So it's, I'm, okay. I'm very, maybe two years. I don't, I don't actually know. So I'm very new into it. Um, I've done like a couple climbing trips. Went to Namibia last year, um, but I haven't been on the mountain in probably four or five months. Four months. Wow. Yeah. So tomorrow's going to be a big day. Um, I'm psyched for you, man. Cold. It'll be fun. Yeah. Dude, tell me. I don't know if you saw that video that I posted yesterday when I was like three hours in to my 5.30 departure from Calfinia. Calfinia, for those of you who don't know, is on the northern part of like the Cedarburg. And also for everybody who doesn't, don't understand, those of you hanging out in the nice warmth in Europe and it's, it's winter down here, you know, <laughs> like it's cold. And uh, I had six layers on then. And, uh, but I had, to, I had to make sure that I had enough connectivity for an important 9.30 call. And the only way I could do that was to make sure I had four hours between me and, and Calvinia. And so when I was freezing, my, it was cold. It was cold. Yeah, it's, um, early, I mean, we, we mentioned that earlier, like having to go out early in the morning here in the winter, oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. Um, I'm not a fan of it. I'm, I'm always good with the layers. I've usually got that sorted out. I've now wear like Long John's uh, pants, but my fingertips, even if I'm riding a bike that's got heated grips, um, my, my my fingertips still. Can we talk about something. heated grips for a second? Because like the marine yeah. and me, like 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 poo-poos, all these creature comforts. The heated grip is is the best invention in humanity. Yeah. Like, wow! Yeah. My last two, my, my last bikes didn't have them. And this yeah. old GS that I have now, this 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 eleven uh, fifty has them. And my gosh, it's like it's like a warm blanket. It's so it changes nice. things. And you know, I think <laughs> in the beginning, in the beginning when I first heard of like heated grips, I think everyone kind of takes the piss. You've got something to joke about, like oh, heated yeah. grips. I don't need that. Until you ride one in the winter that has heated grips, you won't say it anymore. No. Like, it's actually nice to have. I'm no longer young. I don't have anything to prove. If I'm going to be out in the wintertime, I want as much warmth coming through the bike as possible because I'm still going to freeze my ass off. But if I can have just a little bit of comfort, um, it goes a long way. Do you see that I travel with? So this is my this is my my Colombian poncho. It's called a ruana. You know, and, and no kidding, man. I left. I had this thing on like this, you know. 
I was, <laughs> I was totally like chattering away, and I had this thing over my knees, you know, and I was like, this is that thing is amazing. Oh, this thing is the bomb. I mean, look at this. This is like, I don't know. I don't speak millimeters, but there's all a lot. Those are a lot of millimeters right there. Wow. Yeah. So like, you know, I was had my own little, you know, so, little, uh, cocooned. So I wish you would keep this on. <laughs> yeah, you, you should. So on this trip, what do you, what do you, um, what do you pack? Like, how many do you have? Like a top box, uh, panniers. How much stuff did you bring on this trip? Yeah, um, I can show you. I mean, I, I guess this is vodcast. So you can't do that quite. Um, so um, I've got a, I've got one of those horseshoe bags, the soft horseshoe bags. Yeah. And um, and I've got um, I've got my camping kit. In a okay. small camelback, like a, I don't know, twenty liter camelback. So it's got my yeah. my bed my bedroll, a bivy sack, and uh, and a sleeping bag. And how many and, nights uh, are you planning to camp, like along the way? I mean, it's it's basically my backup uh, in case I get so stuck. Just caution, just in it's, case. Well, I plan to camp as well, but it's sure. also there for that. Um, I'm planning to camp on the weekends. I mean, I have to work, right? This trip, this is a work trip for sure. And, and, um, uh, and, and I'm not, I'm not joking about that. Like there, there's a kind of constant need to, to actually engage with folks, talk about internet access and talks about these things. Um, but on the weekend, I am going to take advantage of the fact, I mean, like what's it called? God's eye or God's view or something like that. in Pumalanga? God's window. God's window. Right. Like, Oh, that's one of my aims. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my aims. And I'm going to camp around there. Um, uh, I planted, I was going to camp in the Cedarburg. Um, after my, my, <laughs> my fording adventure, uh, I don't know if you saw that river crossing I did yeah. in the Doring River. Yeah. yeah. And so, sure. I mean, for those of you who forgot, we, we just talked about it. It's pretty darn cold out here, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so I was, uh, it was like five in, the after, five in the afternoon when I finally got across and the sun started going down. And like, I'm, I'm wet from my navel down. And I have like a four hour ride to go still three hour and, and, and I have some really good, you know, motorcycle friends, um, uh, Karoo biking, you guys can follow them. Um, you know, super like incredible outfitters supporting, you know, uh, trips. And, and he was, he was giving me a, you know, a proper like tongue lashing for, you know, for riding at night, you know, on the, you know, in the Cedarburg. I'm like, dude, it was a full moon. It was gorgeous. Like, and I was going slowly, but like the point is, I was starting to get really cold and I was like, it's dark. I'm freezing. I'm, I'm going to just pull across, pull over and just go to sleep, <laughs> you know, and, and kind of warm yeah. up. Um, so I carry that. And, and then I have a, we got like five too much Wi-Fi t-shirts and um, I've got, uh, I got my riding pants and, and I got a pair of, uh, you know, travel jeans and that's it. A couple pairs of underwear, you know? Yeah. And you've got your uh, Colombian poncho. Dude, that thing is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> funnily enough, Dez and I, when we did our camping trip in, in, in the Cedarburg the other day, you can see some cool pictures. It was also really cold. And Dez's uh, zipper broke on his on his, um, on his his sleeping bag. And then he started nudging closer and closer in the tent with me. And I'm like, listen, dude, I, will, I, if I, if I, I didn't bring it. And I'm never not bringing it again. The Ruana yeah. needs to come with you, you know? The yeah. thing is... If nothing else, to protect you from your, you know, overzealous friend that's trying to get in your sleeping bag. Yeah. <laughs> just, just give, give yeah. the run up. <laughs> yeah, and that's um, like, I always bring a blanket with. Um, on my trips, I always have a blanket. And, and that's one of the things I do when I travel to other countries. I always try to find a blanket yeah. from that country. Oh, um, I see. 
One of the most famous ones, I, I, I think you're staying in South Africa, but if you go into Lesotho, yeah. um, they've got a blanket uh, that's very well known there um, with the tribes, um, as they call it a Basotho blanket. Okay. Um, funny Anyone? enough, the, the manufacturer, the people that make it, they are based out of Johannesburg. It's about 45 minutes from my house um, to, at a factory called Aranda. And it's very affordable there, but they've got so many blankets. Do I need it's one? It's amazing. What's that? Can, do I need one? Yeah, you need one. You Can I make a hole one. like this? Can I make a hole like this and put it over here? I mean, I, they might think it's so, they might think it's they, naughty, but it's it's really nice. They so they wear it differently, so they'll wrap it. But you mm -hmm. see, when you go to when you go to Lesotho, you you'll see the uh, they come. I don't know if they come the sheep boy the the they're the they're the boys that take care of the, the herders along the way yeah the herders and they wear the blankets they wrap them around and okay. they look amazing so if you yeah. i'll i'll send you a message but look up basutu blanket all right it's a great winter blanket they wear them year round i'll and, get one um, it's, it's really, sort of. cool. It's really I, cool for all of you that are hearing this you will see me wearing a basutu blanket at some point in the trip, actually, Des and I are going to meet in Rhodes two weekends from now, oh. and and we're going to do the five. Uh, we're going to do the five. There's a five pass uh, thing that you have to do within 24 hours, and you get okay. some badge of honor that proves that you're a man or something like that. I don't know, but basically, there's some there's some there's some you know junior highish thing that you meet, must do within 24 hours that I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of activate the uh, the adolescent in me and try to do it. Fair enough. Yeah, Rhodes, I mean, Rhodes is there. Um, and I, it's funny, I've been in the suit too many times, but I've never seen the place to buy blankets. So you can buy it here in Johannesburg. Um, I will. But, but you know where, like, they ship them to and where they're originated from, you know. But suit blankets are the best thing since chocolate chip cookies, my buddy said. And, and what's so cool, like, and do you know, you're right. Um, what's so cool about the blankets is that you can look them up online and, and they've got all these different patterns that mean different things and they're actually given to different people in different stages of their life. So like some are like royalty. Um, it's really cool. It's really something. And so blankets. Blankets are good. Blankets are important. Listen, we've got like only six or seven minutes left. Like, I would love to give a little plug to Too Much Wi-Fi, if you don't mind me kind of Please. doing a little something-something about it. You know, because also, you know, Too Much Wi-Fi has another four motorcyclists on the team. Okay. And, um, uh, and my co-founder, Jonathan, is, a, is a, an adventure motorcyclist as well. He rides a uh, an 800 GS, and um, and we've taken some Cedarburg trips uh, ourselves. I am actually looking the profile for network engineers that we want our motorcyclists for a lot of reasons, but we want adventurous motorcyclists. So if you're okay. hearing this and you live in South Africa, and especially if you're a motorcyclist of color, because I, don't, I mean, like when I go around here, it's it's you know like if you're on a bigger bike it's more than likely, you know, not a motorcyclist of color. Uh, yeah. Like I, and for us, that's really important, right? I mean, we primarily hiring from the communities, you know, uh, that we, 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 we support, but I want more motorcyclists on our team. Um, I think there is a certain DNA of, of kind of the, 
you know, individualist kind of like, you know, and I also think that, you know, even us dumb motorcyclists like myself, right? Like we get a lot smarter just because we're hanging out in our head, you know, and we're, kind of, we're just doing our, we're doing our calculations. And I promise you, like when I get to the other side of, you know, I, we don't have a car, right? Uh, we've been, I think okay. we might be the only people that can afford cars in South Africa that don't have cars. Um, my wife has a scooter. I have I love that. I love that. Whenever, whenever you get a Basutu blanket, please send me a photo, and I promise you, you'll have a smile on your face. Dude, our, our, we're gonna hang. In fact, I will swing by that place, and I will bring it to uh, to God's window. Um, so you gotta send me that. I'll I'll I'll, I'll knock it out for sure. Is there anything you want to touch in the next five, man? I'm 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 I'm, I'm yours to um, answer questions for. Look, um, when, if you're going to be heading to Sabi, there's a, um, if, so God's Window is in Mpumalanga. There's a campsite area that we stay at every year for the bubble run. Uh, I don't know where my poster is. It used to be in here somewhere. But um, there's a campsite where they have like chalets. I believe, no, they don't have Wi-Fi, but I can put you in touch with the guy. I don't know where you're going to stay. When you go to God's window, but the gentleman who owns the place, he's a great guy. He's always been really good to us. Um, I can't, I don't know if he's open, but if he's there, he will accommodate, um, awesome. he will accommodate you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we definitely have our, I mean, I'm obviously, we're, we're as a communications business, we're definitely an essential service. So we have that. And we'd love to, we'd love to, actually, this is another plug. Like, I would love to, for all the South African bikers out there, I know a lot of you know these these um kind of chalets and lodges in the middle of nowhere that are really struggling right now because of covid um you know now our business has done quite well and i think it's only fair that we support those businesses that have struggled so um mm. yes please give me more of those definitely put me in touch with that guy um okay. yeah man i didn't know where i was going to sleep tonight i certainly don't know where i'm going to sleep when i'm next to the god's window <laughs> so yeah <laughs> yeah i mean and, and along the way like that's what i've that's what I've really loved about the motorcycle community is that it's it's always they're always very helpful. If you need anything, you can just reach out. Um, I've had a network of guys and girls for for years now. All you've got to do is ask, and and, and I totally. think sometimes that's the hardest part. Is I mean, and and such is life, is is asking for help, um, because I find time and time again in the motorcycle community, if you reach out and ask for help. Um, there's plenty of people who are willing to help. Yeah, sure. I mean, everybody's had a, sh a tough day on the motorcycle. Like everybody's had, and and so it's it's easy to understand. I also think, like, uh, to be fair, everybody wishes. I mean, I think a lot of motorcyclists would wish that they could do something like this. And I feel quite blessed yeah. that my work is actually allowing me, uh, facilitating me to do something like this, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I do I do stuff like this just for fun, right? Um, yeah. On a bicycle or on a motorcycle, right? And so. To be able to to meaningfully 
kind of inform our business uh, through doing something that I love is, I don't know, what, what, whatever they call that Venn diagram of like, you hit all the right things, right? Like I'm in a zone, okay. you know? It's in, the, it's in the midsection. It's in the midsection. I've got the total overlap going <laughs> the sweet on right spot. now. The, the sweet spot. The sweet spot is on, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, Ian, the timer just came up to notify me that uh, we've just got about a minute or so left. Um, so I'm going to wrap it up. Um, I really appreciate you being on the show and, and um, please do let me know when, when you're going to be in Johannesburg. I will. Um, I'm around. Well, I'll be um, there tomorrow. So maybe okay, on cool. your way back, on your way back, we can grab a, a cup of coffee or something stronger. And okay, cool. uh, dude, great to see some friends that showing up. Gio Juan Pablo. Hey, Evan, how you doing? Uh, awesome friends that just showed up uh, from okay. both Colombia and the United States, you know, and another army veteran right there just joined. Ah, uh, there we go. You know? There we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, and then Mignus, Mignus just showed up. Well, Mignus, it'll be on IGTV uh, just now, and then Apple Podcasts will be out tomorrow. So, everyone, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, really had a great time tonight with you, Ian. And um, I wish you guys all the best. We'll be back next week. I don't know who the guest is going to be, but that's okay. Um, I got so I'll, I'll help you find somebody along the way. There's, I'm sure there's an interesting motorcyclist that will stop me that I'll, I'll, I'll send over your way for a good chat, okay, for cool. a good prot. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, man. Hey, thanks for having right. me on. It was cool. Cheers. Absolute pleasure, Ian. See you soon. Cheers. Bye now. Cheers, man.